Mother Nature Revisited, the podcast. My name is Stefan Van Norden, and on this episode, we are talking with Charlie Blewett on the abstract in nature. People often ask me, how do I find such a wide range of diverse and interesting guests for the podcast? And I tell them that I keep my eyes and ears open because you never know when. Charlie Blewett is a good example of that. I first met Charlie at a supermarket where I work part-time to help support the podcast. I don't remember what Charlie was looking for, but I do remember his English accent. We started talking and I asked him what brought him to America. It turns out that Charlie Blewett is an abstract artist who lives in the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont, which led me to ask him, how much did nature influence his art, his abstract art, and if there was a sense of the abstract in nature? Here is our conversation. But first, a word from our sponsor, Prairie Restorations from Princeton, Minnesota. Prairie Restorations is excited to sponsor today's episode of Nature Revisited. Founded in 1977 as one of the first native garden centers in the country, Prairie Restorations has grown and expanded the diversity of our native plants and services. Our mission is to produce and provide the most ecologically appropriate seeds, plants, products, and services to restore and manage native plant communities. Shop our online garden center and receive 10% off your order when you use promo code Nature Revisited. Be the change. Be a native gardener and help restore critical native habitat. Visit prairieresto.com to shop the highest quality native seeds and plants. That's prairieresto.com. Again, that's prairieresto.com. Now back to your show. It's a beautiful day to be talking about art and nature. Welcome, Charlie. You are originally from England, where you studied art at Eton College. So let's start there. What was life like before you moved to Vermont? And did nature have a role in your early years? Well, thanks again for having me, Stefan. And uh, like I said, I really enjoy listening to your podcast. What was life like before moving to Vermont? I was an entrepreneur for most of my life, or most of my adult life. The reason I live in America is because of the natural beauty of the place, and fundamentally one of the reasons we actually left the United Kingdom in the first place was because the weather was so awful. I need those big blue skies that we have here. It can be minus 20 up here in the Northeast Kingdom, and yet you still have this invigorating hard blue sky that is just enormous in scale. So life before the Northeast Kingdom, I was pretty much in business for most of it. Although I was lucky enough to live in many different countries and experience many different environments, once I found Vermont, it was a place that I really realized I was probably never going to leave. 
Has nature played a role in my early years? Nature has always been part of me. I was a kid that spent his entire time covered in mud. Muddy knees is what my mother actually used to call me. I grew up as a child in the, what England, what we call the Garden of England, which is the county of Kent. It's known as the Garden of England because it's huge farming countryside, lots of hops, hence uh, lots of IPAs and, and breweries, uh, orchards, apples, cherries. But in my day, it was country lanes, springs, bicycles, muddy knees. And I was also fortunate enough to go to school in a place called Ashdown Forest, a very natural, very beautiful wooded area, lots of cedars and pines and heather, grass snakes, just all the things that I think make childhood a fantasy when it comes to nature. And I was also extremely lucky to have a mother that was an extremely keen gardener. And by that, I mean she was able to take a space and turn it into a wonderland of mystery. Every corner that you turned, there was some clipping from some plant from some place that she'd nurtured for years to grow and intertwine with other plants. And I, I think that had a huge influence on me. So when did you first start painting? I think when I first realized I started painting, I was probably 15 or 16, and it would have been at, at Eton College. And I had a, a teacher called Mr. Booth, who was extremely free in his thinking. We're talking about uh, late 1970s now. I'd say as a, a sort of 14, 15-year-old, I started to produce large, abstract, colorful works. I think that's when I started to think this is something that I would really love to do one day. Was it as an artist that brought you to the Northeast Kingdom, which is somewhat of an isolated but beautiful region of Vermont? Was it through the artist's eye that drew you there? That's a great question. Actually, to be openly honest with you, it was friends and it was on a snowmobiling trip. Nothing more fancy than that. Some friends invited me up. We came up and within probably an hour of being up here, I was like, this place is absolutely phenomenal. And the first feeling that I got about it was that it reminded me of my childhood, not because it was covered in thick snow, which is something we don't, didn't get in Kent. It was just the fact that it was so unspoiled. You know, for me, nature needs isolation to thrive in some respects. And people have always asked me, my friends always said, why did you move up there? It's the middle of nowhere. And that's precisely the point. And so to find a place that reminded me of the 1960s, 1970s, with country lanes that weren't paved, with uh, rivers and, and streams and trees that are 300 years old, it was just heavenly, frankly. So when did your art and nature first come together? Or was nature always a part of your artistic pursuits? I think nature has always been part of everything that I am and I do and I see. I mean, nature is, is, is everything to me. Nature for me is touch, it's smell, it's sight, it's taste, it's hearing, and it's all the emotions that you can throw at it as well, whether that's joy or wonder. You know, nature for me, for example, is just finding a, a, a perfectly rounded pebble uh, on a beach that has been tossed backwards and forwards thousands, countless millions of times to then form itself into a perfect, almost dinosaur egg-shaped piece of stone. And there's been occasions, it's going to be slightly strange, where I sort of picked up a pebble uh, and I've just wanted to lick it. Now, I know that sounds really, really strange, but there's a taste to nature, there's a smell to nature, whether that is the fields, whether that is peat in a peat bog. 
you can almost smell snow. You can smell rain without, without question you can smell rain. And when it is nature in a situation where it hasn't really been touched by man, then I think it's an even purer form. Everything that I see, taste, look at, feel, has had an influence on what I'm painting, not probably consciously, because I think I started painting for a lot of other reasons, and then found that nature was a massive part of what I was doing. And I think it came from the subconscious. I mean, I always say all the best things that happen to any person typically are the things over which they have the least control. We don't have control over nature, not in the simplest formats. It's not the fact that we're so small and it's so great. It's just simply the fact that I think it happens without our involvement. And that's a large part of what I feel and what I do. And I think it's transferred itself onto the canvases that I paint. But I don't subconsciously start out thinking, oh, this is going to be this and I'm going to recreate this. Because how is it possible to recreate something that's so astronomically brilliant in the first place? Um, you, you, you can't. Would you say that nature means the same to you as an individual and as an artist? Or do they have separate meanings? Being an artist and being an individual is, for me at least, the, the same thing. It, it's who and what I am. It, it's my, for want of better words, it's my purpose in life. And it took me, I'd say, 50 years to figure that out. I don't separate those two things, typically. I think they're one and the same. I think it's all about being in the present, and I think it's all part of just being. Again, I go back to the fact that I think most of the best paintings I have ever painted for myself and the ones that have brought me the most joy are the paintings over which I've had the least control, as is the same with nature. Coming around a corner, looking upon a stream, finding a perfectly colored piece of moss in a woodland protruding from a tree root, a set of mushrooms as you're hiking, that, that's nature for me. It's a magical thing, absolutely magical thing. And you know, sadly, I do also feel, and that's why I live in this isolated place, that it's harder and harder to come across our influence on the landscape nowadays. It's hard enough to find these natural places. And I don't think it's going to get any easier as the years go by. I think that's going to be harder to come across. So more things will be placed in the mind or remembered. So you often use the word abstract when describing your art. How would you define abstract, both in your art and in nature? That's a great question. Abstract for me is uncontrolled. I say it's without conscious thought. It's wild, but it's in balance if one represents it into what I do as a, as a painter. I want to produce something beautiful, but it is not specific to the piece that I'm producing. What may be specific is the color, and even that dissipates after a while because I may introduce colors that I'm not aware I'm actually introducing. They just happen to bleed and blend that way. And for me, the best works that I've produced for myself that I take you know, personal, real personal joy from and connect the most with, typically are the ones over which I have the least amount of control. I might be in the studio painting away, 
thinking about a completely non-related thought, you know, something that's important to me and it's on my mind and I'm thinking about it, but I'm working the brushes and my arms are moving. And then I step back at a certain point and actually become conscious of what's there. Not that I'm blind to it. And there in front of you is something you think, oh, that is absolutely beautiful. And yet for some reason you feel like you've almost not been looking at it as much as you should be it's uh it's it's that situation of it's happened in an uncontrolled unconscious unthought out scenario and that is in itself is is the pure form of abstract i was lucky enough to meet uh, an artist called wolf calm and his wife emily was an artist as well and she worked in very bright abstract forms and she'd said to me the less control you can have over something the more abstract it becomes So do you see the abstract in nature before you start painting? I found that abstract is everything that I think I am. It it, it is nature. Nature is color. It is everybody is marbled at a sunset. That's as abstract as it gets. Being an abstract artist, when I paint, I am typically taking the canvas, and every so often I am revolving at 90 degrees, and then I'm revolving at another 180 degrees, and I'm revolving at another 90 degrees, and I'm painting at different angles to really see what happens. And I was doing that. I came across something that absolutely said to me, this is a landscape without question, and it's a very beautiful landscape. Um, So I started experimenting with that. And I feel, going back to your initial question, that I can paint a painting in my abstract expressionist format i believe that somebody can relate to because they can feel the place and that might be as simple as you're walking on the beach the wind is kicking up you're walking amongst calf high fescue grass and the wind is kicking the sand and it's sort of stinging and biting your ankles that's a feeling translating that into color and putting that onto a canvas to create that feeling so that the other person feels that barometric weight of what's going on in the environment, whether it's the noise of the wind. That's something that I seem to have found that does come out in my abstract painting. Would you say that the abstract does exist in nature? I absolutely think the abstract exists in nature. I think although everything in nature has a purpose, everything is in this giant life cycle, uh, be that the planets, be that our bodies themselves, be that the perennials and annuals that one grows in one's garden, be that the, the peel on an orange. The reality of it is, is that, yeah, everything has a purpose. I think trying as a human being to define what that purpose is, and I definitely feel mine is to, is to paint, uh, as simple as that may sound, it is to paint. I mean, I'm staring out of my window now. We had a little bit of snow last night. But I'm looking at the shapes and forms. I'm looking at the way that the snow is sitting because it's slightly wet snow, and it has that ability to stick to the trees. So it will stick to every twig on every branch, on every limb. And then you'll just have the the base of the tree coming out of that snow. And so you have this sort of almost stark um, look to it. And then you have the twigs and the snow set against the sky, which currently up here at the moment is blue. Is that abstract? I'd like to tend that in that situation, that is abstract. So why do you think you're drawn towards the abstract? So I think I was drawn to the abstract because of color, ultimately. And I think that color speaks in its own way. It's in everything that one sees. 
It's a taste without question. It's a sense. It's a smell. It's forgiving. Am I drawn to abstracts? Without question. I adore it. I live for it. It's what I live and breathe now. Could you possibly describe what happens between the moment you see something in nature and when it is expressed on a canvas? I'd love to say, yes, I could. But again, I'm going to use the word subconscious. I tend to paint multiple canvases at a time. So in my studio, I have roughly five large size easels. And I will put up a set of canvases onto those easels. The conscious decision that I take is that I'm going to work in a, an, an initial set of primary colors. Where the natural or nature comes into that process, I think is primarily subconscious. I will try and describe that to myself by saying I'm going to do something within my white birch series, but that is color defined. It is the color of the birch. I can close my eyes and I can see birch trees come summer, come snow in the winter. I can see them sitting against those backgrounds and I can get a resonance from that color, which then gets my mind going and my arms going, and then I'll approach the canvases and start to paint. But I quickly lose that as well. And I'm lucky enough to look out into my gardens and the forest. And seasonally, that is constantly changing. The light is constantly changing. The sky is constantly changing. The color of the ground is constantly changing. And just looking up and looking out of the window, I know that all of that and what I'm seeing from nature is feeding into what I'm doing with my brushes. How it happens, I really have no clue. A lot of situations where people said to me, you know, I love this painting that you've done. Maybe it's something that you could, you know, recreate for me, which is something that I tell them, even if I wanted to, I couldn't, um, because I'm not really 100% sure how I did it in the first place. And that resonates quite well with me in nature as well, because every time you look out the window, there is something different going on. There is a, a, a totally different light or a tone, or the wind has changed and the leaves are going in a different direction. Or you simply have those seasonal changes. Up here, we're privileged to have majesty that is the fall in the Northeast Kingdom. Just the color changes in, in, a, in a microsecond as the wind direction changes or the sun changes or the sun goes behind a cloud uh, and it picks up the reflection on the zillions of leaves that you can see from the windows is has got to be part of my art. It's got to be coming into me subconsciously and connecting with me in a physical way whereby that is then translating itself onto the canvas. Can you recall a moment when your impressions of a moment in nature when you were in nature, really eventually influenced a painting? People ask me to describe how my paintings feel or where my paintings come from. I would say, if you want to understand the painting that I do or what I'm thinking when I do a painting, if one was to imagine a brook and it's the middle of winter and the snow has been blown very smoothly down each side of the brook, creating this lovely form. And then the top of the brook has been layered with ice 
and underneath the ice you can see the water moving but between the water and the ice you can see a set of bubbles and those sets of bubbles are moving themselves downstream and they move they're erratic they're utterly abstract and random in the way they move and then beneath that you can see the movement of the water and the colors that that reflects and then beneath that you can see the little pebbles and the stones some moving some staying in place all different tones and colors and then you add the noise on top of that, which is this still sound of a brook underneath ice. That, for me, is the best way I can describe how I want my paintings to feel to somebody else. That sense of pure, total peace and calm and beauty. Really, really important. And then you have other examples of nature and the force of nature. It always is nature. I mean, for example, the element of a lot of the paints I use actually come from Australia. And most, obviously, the element in most paints is the pigments that are utilized, and they come from different forms and, and types of minerals. And Australia is, is a place where their mineral contents are vast and diverse. And again, I think, you know, looking at how nature can turn into a painting for me, I've certainly in the last year and a half been doing an awful lot with what I call minerals, stones, slate, pebbles. I've got to say, as a younger man, I was also very heavily influenced by a guy called Andy Goldsworthy, who many of you may or may not have heard of. He's an English artist that actually operates out of Scotland in Dumfrieshire, and he is just amazing he he makes nature part of his art and he only does things with natural elements so he will use twigs and branches he will not use glues he will not use paints he, he will simply use his hands his own inherent strength to actually create a piece he will fasten things together with hawthorn spikes and i always remember being fundamentally influenced by that guy so you've been living in the northeast kingdom for a while now have you begun to see a difference there because of the environmental changes? I can only give you my own personal opinion of how I see things and how I feel about these things, having been asked the question. Noticeable changes. I'm a very keen gardener, and I thank my mother, Carol. She was a very, very, very avid gardener, and in the right way. She did it all herself. She grew everything from a clipping it was very important to me not to come here and build a garden that was not in sync with the environment in which I was able to, to, to put it together and that the plants related to what I was doing. That was important to me to understand that this is the wild and that those wilding spaces are vitally important. So to go back to your question, what have I noticed? Yes, I've noticed the, the lack of bees or certainly indigenous bees and the insect life up here. And that's not a good sign. Just this January, there was no snow. To walk into the garden and basically see green grass was phenomenal. And even now, we probably only have two to three inches. And it, it's certainly not normal. Things are happening. We need to address them, how we address them. And, and if we can even address them, we struggle, it seems, on a lot of occasions to get on as a society, hoping that we can all get together and, and fix some very, very challenging things for the generations ahead of us. Do you think that painting and even abstract painting has a place in shaping our relationship with nature going forward? 
I, I thought long and hard about this question, actually, because it's quite a difficult question to answer. If I can expand it by saying, do the arts have a place? Then absolutely they do. The change will only come about through education. I, I was trying to think like how my abstract art could help take things in a positive direction, actively be part of that. And I've struggled to answer that question, if I'm really honest with you, Stefan. I've struggled to answer that question in painting. You know, painting itself, yes, you could represent in representational painting and still life how things used to be. I don't think we've fully woken up to it. So where my place as an abstract artist or abstract artists or artists themselves have in helping bring that to the fore, I don't really have the answer to that. You can go, you know, fundamentally back to the square root of everything, but that's not going to happen. Certainly not in today's society, from what I can see. It seems like more is more these days rather than more is less. And as an artist, if by painting what I painted in some way allowed people to think more about the environment, then I would certainly and, and will certainly consider how I could achieve that. But at the moment, I don't have an answer to it, if I'm being truly honest. In my medium. In my medium, which is podcasts, I think people hearing your voice, not necessarily seeing your pictures at this point, but hearing your voice is an important part of sharing with people our relationship with nature can be and should be as diverse as nature itself. Talking about your relationship with nature as an artist, I hope can inspire other people to have a more meaningful relationship with nature. So I do think that there is a direct connection between the artist and the environment. I would fundamentally agree with you there, absolutely. And I think the thinking behind that as an artist when I look at it is, it's not all doom and gloom. We are absolutely blessed to live on this planet, to have the trees and the bees and the birds and the, and the forests and the streams and the natural water and the air that we breathe. And it's vital that we understand that that does need nurturing. It needs taking care of. And I'll give you a funny story that I have. You know, I, I work quite hard and I will be painting away all day and I may be working with that and involved in that piece and staring at that piece all day and talking to myself about it and all the things that an artist does when you're working with it. Probably why I partially consider slightly mad on, on a good day, which is great. I like that. And you'll finish. You'll walk out the studio door and my studio door, when you walk out of it, looks up to a hillside and it's exactly where the sun sets. You'll be really pleased with the piece you've be done. You take one little last look at it and then you'll turn. And as you turn, there's the big fella doing a sunset. And you're like, you, you've got to be joking, right? I've spent all day doing my utmost, working my best, and I come out and you've done the whole sky. And the whole sky is, oh, you just changed it again. Oh, and you just changed it again. And the color is just booming at you. And it's, it's just magnificent is the only word you can spend. And then you look back at your little piece and you really, you get a scale of where you are and everything. And although you love what you've done, you kind of have a chuckle and you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. You know, it's funny. 
you know, life is very serious and society is very serious and the world is very serious, but there's a lighter side to it all. There's a joy, there's a wonder. Nature has the ability to make you a child, to make you that free. And I think it's really important that we respect that. It just seems to me common sense that having been given something so serially stunning to spend our time in, why wouldn't we take better care of it? I hope you enjoyed this episode with Charlie Blewett. And if you want to learn more about him and his art, please visit charliebluettart.com. Nature Revisited would like to thank Prairie Restorations for sponsoring this episode and that you visit them for all of your restoration needs. I hope you will share Nature Revisited with family, friends, and colleagues, and that you will follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and our website, NordenProductions.com. That's Norden, N-O-O-R-D-E-N, Productions.com. The music for this episode is Werewolves of London by Warren C. Vaughn. Nature Revisited is produced by Stefan Van Norden and Charles Gagan. And I hope you will join us for the next edition of Nature Revisited. And in the meantime, do remember, we are nature. Nature.